Blog Talk Radio. Come back home to Africa. Come back home 
revelations, manifestation, and today, transformation. We are indeed always excited and humbled and honored to be with you in this sacred space. I am the Pan-African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, Elogun Oloye Hudu Obeya Bokur, sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African voodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, my affirmation and reverberation. It is my reiteration and my personal ever-living reality. It is crucial to the very foundation of my inner standing, my teaching, my walk, and my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Today is Wednesday, May 12th, 2021, and I am emanating and vibrating with you and for you now live, virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally from this working temple of the house of the divine prince. Thai potions, hoodoo central in this legendary, beautiful, most enchanted, most haunted city in America, most African city in America, most northern, most Caribbean city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo, obey a life path and journey, passing down the great Ovia six, along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, spirits, and minerals. I am also always humbled and honored and appreciative of my powerful co-host. Today, my first cousin, Oloye Ifawole, and then my second cousin, Otun, will be joining us. Otun Ifatomiwa will also be joining me in this powerful discussion, this powerful discussion about transformation and the spirit of transformation and growth. 
Oloye, are you ready? Greetings, beloved. Welcome. Peace and blessings to you. Thank you so much for bringing such a powerful topic and leading this topic for us today. And of course, I welcome Otan Ifatomiwa. Thank you so much, beloved Iya, for being the, the mother, the woman, the female energy that we need in this show. So I'm humbled to both of you. I welcome both of you. I allow both of you the floor and the mic. All is truly and indeed a blessing. Uh, greetings to everyone. I hope everyone is doing well today. I hope that everybody is having a wonderful day um, as we prepare to um, do a little teaching today on or sharing today on uh, transformation. You know, oh yeah. Uh, and the spirit of transformation within our lives, the spirit of transformation within all that we're seeing in this world, all that we're dealing with in this world. So, uh, you know, I hope today will be a, a, a day that everybody receives something and, uh, that will bless them. And as such, that everybody will also be a part and uh, participate and share with us uh, aspects of their uh, transformation in different areas of life and healing and, and all of the above. So, uh, I honor each and every one of you today um, as we, we uh, give honor to Oya. We say, Spirit of the wind died courageously with her husband. She puts matter in order suddenly. The wind of death, mother of nine, shatters the evil mound of earth. Strong wind demolishes the tree by the family door. Rumor in the clouds, hurls down the stone axe. Courageous woman, armed forever with a sword. Spirit of the wind, tornado, sets the leaves of the trees in motion. She kills suddenly. She enters suddenly. We say, Ashe, Ashe, We give honor to the spirit of Oya, the one who brings transformation into our life, the one who is the wind of change, the one who can bring the changes like tornadoes and all of such so quickly into our lives. We honor her. We give thanks to Oya, and we ask that Oya, well, then, after all the wind blows away, after all the debris blows away, after all of those who are not in our divine uh, intent in, in, in our life, the way that they're supposed to be, after they all get blown away, that she brings the beautiful, uh, the beauty of life into our manifestation and gives us healing, gives us love, gives us joy, and gives us the beauty that we want in our lives today. So we honor her, we give thanks to her, and we praise her today, and we say Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. And I give honor to my little Tabiese, Oba Etekbeni Fashem Kusola, the founder of Ile Ala Risha Temples, to also give honor to those who taught me. So I honor you all, Ashe. Otam, beloved, greetings. Okay, I, I think I figured out this uh, this phone and, and YouTube thing. I got my tablet going, so I think I think I'm I'm coming along. Yeah. Bear with me. Uh, you got the mojo back. A bow up on a family, um, divine friends, um, everyone watching. It is truly a blessing to be here, and I want to give thanks for being able to be a part of this, to witness it to give opinions, and it, it's appreciated, and it's something new, and I have been loving every moment. Um, 
um, everyone leaving comments, participating. It has truly been a blessing. Um, I'm looking forward to this topic today. Um, and I, I appreciate the welcome. And I uh, would also like to give honor to my Alua, Prince Baba, the Bayou, La Toma, and Olori, Ipapoyen, Yalode, Edomike, Oribola, La Toma, Ile Edu. It is a blessing to share with you. I'm ready to get into this topic. I am definitely um, interested in Oya, especially um, having experienced some things, and it, and it will certainly be a blessing to hear the experiences and, and to see everyone get a, a clearer understanding of who, uh, who she is and what she represents. So I give thanks, and it's truly a blessing. Thank you, everyone. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, I'm going to allow Oloye Ifawole to sort of lead. I don't want to come right in with my footprint on what I think and how I process uh, the show topic, because y'all know I go way out into the to the stratospheres. So I'm going to allow you to, to lead. I absolutely will be participating. I'll be helping to encourage both Blog Talk Radio uh, at 845. Um, my camera's right in front of my screen, y'all. 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. Please remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I can then open your mic to my Blog Talk Radio audience. And, of course, those of you who are in YouTube, StreamYard, Periscope, Facebook, my EarthCam page, you can follow the StreamYard.com, 9-B-E-S-N-M-B-Y, 4N URL that's at the bottom, scrolling at the screen, and you also um, can come on in with your question, comment, and participation in the show. I'm always grateful and humbled by those of you who take the time out of the middle of your day, wherever you are in the world, to be a part of this shared sacred space. Always a blessing. Oh, so today... Uh I thought a, a good topic because of all the, the things that are going around in many of our lives at this stage uh, would be about transformation and the winds of change that happen in our lives, the winds of change that are manifesting in, in the world and society. So many different aspects of change are happening in all of our lives. Some of us have gone through uh, particular struggles where during this particular COVID, uh, for some, they've had difficult times and they've had to make transformation from having a job to not having a job. For some, they've had to have the transformation of going from having a viable income to not knowing whether next money or dollar or, or medicine or any of these things are going to be coming from. For some, We've also had transformation in this time of having a roof over our head to not know exactly where we are going to uh, be able to live or lay down. I say. Well, unfortunately, you know, now we're coming to a point where uh, the assistance that was given in many aspects from the money that the government gave or the uh, moratorium that was based on the evictions and all of these different aspects are significant aspects that can cause a, a, a distinct transformation in many of our lives or the lives of many that we 
things that we know. As well, the transformation of many, many, many who have gone through COVID. And for some, their lives have changed forever. Why? Because some may have lost loved ones and didn't even have the opportunity to say goodbye in the, in the fashion that they deemed that they wanted to do. They, they couldn't even go to the hospital or they couldn't uh, go through the burial rites. And so many people went through so many different upheavals in their life. So many have gone through illness now with COVID, because of COVID, that affect their breathing uh, and, and affect their lungs and, and the long-term ramifications of this disease. But we also have many who have gone through transformation in a wonderful way. They've seen where Oya has come in and have blown, just blown so many things uh, around in our lives. And if we are able to stand firm and stand strong and stand rooted, at the end of this time, we then begin to see slowly whether the winds of change are making our lives that much better. So today, I wanted to talk about some of the, the uh, I wanted us, us to talk about the changes and, and, and what it is that this energy, this spirit, brings to fruition in our lives and how we can manage and, and move through the, the winds of change in our lives in order to stand strong and to allow the things of beauty to come. So many stories of, of Oya, one saying that, you know, she has this ultimate beauty. She is so beautiful that she wears the veil in order to cover her beauty. And so we want that type of beauty in our lives. And some of it, you know, is to be able to go uh, and deal with the struggles and challenges that the winds, that the tornadoes, all of these things bring into being in our lives. Uh, so when we look at Oya, the, the very definition of Oya goes to she tour. She, and it says that it's tearing up the, the tearing of strongholds, uh, the, strong, the strongholds in our life. Sometimes we get so stuck in, and, and clamored by these things that are holding us that we kind of uh, uh, struggle with making changes even when we know that this change that we make might be a change that helps us to be better and to move forward in our lives. Many of us get so, get so stuck on where we are and the things that are happening, even if it's not good, that we would rather stay there than to deal with the pain and the struggle and the hurt that comes with some sense of change. Also, and when we deal with the name of Oya, we deal with it saying, meaning that it, it's ripping through the veil. My cousin all the time uh, says that uh, all is a blessing if we can see beyond the veil. So a lot of times the veil that is in front of us is a veil that we can't see beyond. And because we can't really see beyond, on the other side, it's like almost saying over the rainbow. Where, where on the other side, all of the beauty in life is so much better than where it is today. We struggle with the thing, with, with, with the opportunity to make change. And so today, that's 
one of the biggest things I would like to, to, to for all of us to share is how do we make changes in our life? How are we going to go through the willingness to make changes in our life that will allow us to see the beauty on the other side and affect the beauty on the other side, to receive and manifest the beauty within ourselves and also within our circumstance, our environment, our family, our business, our everything in parts of our life. How do we do that? And we look at Oya as the perfect example because of the energy that she brings as to the manifestation of change and transformation in all areas of our lives. So today, that's one of the areas that I hope that we can all uh, be able to talk about and to to share with each other. Oya, the Orisha, she's the Orisha of the Niger River. That is where, in, in essence, she uh, is known to reside. And so when we look at that, we say that she's worshipped in many, many different places, you know, throughout the world. Um, Brazil and, and, and here, of course, in the Americas, all throughout the, the uh the, the world, and she might be known by different names. There's many different alternate names that she has. My cousins, uh, I saw had Yansa, which some say is she that that would be a more mature uh, version of of Oya. Uh, some would say that uh, call her the Oya Ajere, a carrier of the container of fire. Uh, Ayaba Nikua, uh, the queen of death. Iya Yansan is the mother of nine. Ayinoda, uh, uh, she returns and changes. So the, the different names, of course, then bring different facets to her and the different capacities that she might hold within and the different ways that we can uh, view and as well as experience her in her actions, in her movement, in, in all that, that she brings to being. So when we talk about uh, her, we talk about how do we manifest Oya within us? Uh, we look at all the changes that we might have to face that we view that we have to look at. And we look at what is it that we have to go within ourselves to draw out in order for us, in order for us to manifest the changes within? We look at the fact that uh, Oya's attributes are the sword or the machete. She carries the sword, the sword and the machete. The sword and machete used to cut away those things or those people, those entities that are not in alignment for our best interest. It is Oya that cuts away those things. And she's not the only Orisha that carries the sword, the machete, with her. We have Ogun that carries sword and machete. We have her husband, uh, uh, Shango, who carries away the double-edged axe, right? We have different Orisha. Even uh, Oshun carries machete with her. And so each one of them is meant to be able to cut away those things in our life that are not in our best interest to 
and to grow. And so when we look at change and transformation, what is it in our lives that we have to cut away in order for us to see the beauty, to receive the beauty, to enhance the beauty, and to manifest the beauty into the different areas of our life? Or you have attributes of the sword, the machete, or the fly whisk. And her, her animal is the water buffalo. And in whom she sometimes then manifests. When we see the story, we know that the story of, of, of Oya is that she, her first husband is Ogun. And how did Ogun manifest her? Ogun saw her one day and she looked extremely beautiful. He followed Oya back into the woods and saw her transform back into the water buffalo. Nobody knew her secret. And so now here he is, he knew her secret. He talked to her and, and, try, and, and got her over some time to marry him. He knew her secret. He told her, I know your secret. And she promised she would marry him, but only if, she, if he never told the secret to anybody else. One day, it says that they got uh, into an argument, and the other wives of, of Odin were listening into the argument. And Odin then mentioned that about her transformation of, of into that from that beauty into being the, the water buffalo. Once you have uh, you you do that and you see that, then now they listen when they said, Ah, we know the secret. Oyas did not argue, she did not fight, she did not say anything, but she left forever. She left for good. She made transformation. She took off. And now, after that time is when she manifested her, her relationship with Shango and became the favorite wife, possibly, of Shango. There's different people that say different things about that. So now, here we are with Oyad and the, the most popularly known husband of her being Shango, where Oyad brings the, the winds of transformation. Shango brings the winds of justice. He then cuts away the enemies and what them both fighting together. We have a, un, a, you have a, a pair that is, is absolutely, uh, you, you really can't win, to be honest with you. So now here we are in this time of where, where Oya and the strength of Oya made promise that she would never not fight on the side of Shango. Where you see one, you see the other. So nowhere that Shango goes is where, uh, that, that you won't see Oya to the side of Shango. And for some, they say that, that Oya is even more dangerous than Shango because she'll cut you quick. So that means when she sees things in your life that do not resonate, that do not, that do not line up with your best interests and the things that will take you and elevate you higher, Oya will come cut and then take you out quickly. Sorry, that was a little more for us. But she takes you out quickly. You understand? And so, therefore, when we deal with Oya, we're dealing with the, the change that will allow us to cut through the struggles and challenges, the ugliness, all of that, in order to see the beauty on the other side. So I want to give a, a, a little bit for, for everybody to please, you know, participate. You know, I know you don't want to hear me talking for I don't know how long. I, I'm not as eloquent as my, my cousin. So, I, you know, please uh, 
be free to come in and, and be a part of what we're talking about. There's, there's so much to the attributes, but I don't want to just stay on this from a traditional sense. I want to stay on this where they give you a little bit of the tradition, but even more important, how do we do this in our life, in our community, in our families, in our business, in our jobs, in all the different facets of our life? How do we bring the transformation and how do we handle the transformation when the transformation is blowing things all over the place? People that you love, they're now gone. Not just on a physical death level, but because they walked out of your life. Where, where, how do you handle it when, when the job you was at for 20 years is no longer? How do you handle it when the business that you began now had to end because you didn't have the, the followers to the business. There's so much to around that I want to speak about it, not just in a, in a sense of the tradition, but I want to speak of it in a sense of life. Give thanks. I almost said amen, and I say, um, <laughs> you know, I, I was first taught, you know, about really the, the power of Oya and her manifestation in my own life um, as sudden change and transformation. Um, some of you are familiar with one of my other godmothers, uh, priestess um, Ava K. Jones from, from here in New Orleans. And she is a child of Oya. Uh, and she taught me several things. Um, one of the things she taught me was, if you got a problem with me, take it up with Oya. That's the first, that's the first thing she taught me. Uh, but the second thing was indeed about that power of sudden change and transformation. And she was one of many who always identified my ability and willingness to, to sort of walk through the middle of the fire. I would much rather walk through the middle of the fire than to go over it, than to go around it. Uh, Bob Marley said it best, uh, for he who runs away, you'll live to fight another day. And as a teenage runaway, out on the street at 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, um, I was often moving from city to city, place to place, scenario to scenario, situation to situation. But when I really got a deeper understanding and connection to that Yansa, you know, wind, rain, storm energy, I really understood my gift and my ability to really walk through the middle of things um, and, and, and take out the goal, take out the lesson, find that which is most beneficial to me. And even today as, as a full-grown adult, um, I, I still think that's a, a dynamic of who I am uh, that is often um, sometimes misrepresented, but, but more oftenly um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, underestimated, underestimated. Um, my ability to take the knives and, and, and the arrows and the darts, you know, and, and, and the ugliness, you know, and really turn it into something that works for my good. It, it keeps me moving upward and forward. It keeps me focused in on why I'm here. What is my real destiny? What is my real purpose? And so I've learned to, to take that and grow from it, expand from it. Uh, and when I look at the lives of celebrities and personalities and public figures and 
politicians and, and well-known individuals, um, and, and even some of you who are, you know, popular in your social media, you have a really large following. Um, that's a part of the lesson and a part of the charge that comes with that, the idea that people have something to say, people have an opinion, people are going to direct the evil eye at you, people are going to direct bad energy at you, and it's really in how you internalize that and turn that into something that, like coal, that works to fuel your energy, fuel your engine, that, that is our purpose. Uh, someone in the chat, I think it was um, Anthony X, that, that talked about our, our purpose and, and our reason for being. So, yes, indeed, all is a blessing. Some of you Christians recognize that as all things work together for the good of those who love God. Same, same power, same principle. All is a blessing. So there's, there's nothing that the winds, the rains, the hurricanes, no pun intended, living in the middle of Hurricane Alley, um, that could come, that could sort of shake my foundation. And a real-world test of that for not just me, but the city of New Orleans was indeed Hurricane Katrina. How do you come back from that? Many people did not come back from that. Physically, some transitioned and, and went on into a room during that time. Others moved, relocated, were relocated to other parts of the country and have yet to return, either by choice or, or, or by complication of now doing so. And so that was a major test for me, you know, to leave somewhere forcibly, not, not because I, I, I couldn't pay the rent or not because I was in a bad scenario, but to have to leave somewhere forcibly that I had really found a home in, a healing place in, a sanctuary in, and, and now I'm confronted with life on life terms, as they say, confronted with life on life terms. So it really taught me uh, about endurance, about uh, having a focus, having a vision, having a goal, having a purpose. Uh, it, it kept me alive, energetically alive, those, those you know, months that I had to endure uh, other places in the country. Uh, my least favorite was Texas. Least favorite place for me was Texas, uh, and I couldn't wait to get out of there. I spent some time in Mississippi, you know, and it allowed me to, you know, return to my homeland, if you will, and, and interact with some of my older uh, relatives um, on my father's side of the family, you know, and, and, and it was a healing opportunity for me. I spent a lot of time in the cotton fields, y'all. I spent a lot of time out in the middle of fields, you know, just, just imagine what that looks like in, in you know, modern day time, it, dressed the way I'm, I'm dressed sitting out in the middle of somebody's, you know, industrial, you know, cotton field, you know, invoking and pulling up, you know, my power, my ancestors. Some of you remember me saying they put a cotton field over my great-great-grandparents' gravesite. So, yeah, I returned to the cotton field. I returned to that big tree. I returned to, to the village. It, it, it is indeed a part of the healing and so I would like Otan and Oloye Ifawole, when they speak, to also speak to that, um, returning home, n not just here, but, you know, the effect, healing effect, the, the empowerment effect that returning to West Africa um, also had, you know, on your journey. Um, I, I'm a doer rather than a sayer. Um, I, I can see how some of you might be confused by that. 
I appear to be eloquent. I appear to be articulate. I appear to like to communicate, and I don't. <laughs> None of those things um, sort of jive with having Asperger's syndrome. I would much rather be quiet. I would much rather be isolated. I would much rather be in my own space. Um, so to do this is indeed a challenge. And it, and it allows me to uh, use that cutlass and that machete, you know, to cut away, you know, my dark area, to, to cut away my shadow work, to cut away those traumas that would otherwise keep me stuck. And coming from a, a big family, as I have, I have some seven known sisters and at least four known brothers. Um, and it's said that I have many, many more siblings beyond that. Uh, by way of my dad, my mom has two children, me and Wapani. Many of you are familiar with Wapani. But, but I had the, the blessing, if you will, of meeting many of my other siblings um, at 15, 16, and be able to develop, not only develop a relationship, but to be able to see the manifestation of my father's energy and folks who otherwise didn't spend a whole lot of time around him. And it helped to really further that idea that it's in your blood. It's mm-hmm. in your blood. And so there, there is no option to doing the shadow work. There is no option to acknowledging your ancestors. You know, you might be Christian, Jew, Muslim, what have you, but there is no option to acknowledging what's in your blood. And in each of us, we have an opportunity to dead the generational curses, to cut away the cancer, to cut away what, what has generationally not worked, but continues to be generationally passed down. And it's funny how that, that happens, because we say, oh, that's not going to be me. I'm never going to be like him. I've got, I've got to run from, from this presence, from this energy. And one of the lessons that I learned in, in my years of, of moving through the storm, doing the dance with, with oh, yeah, um, was when you get there, the first person you meet is yourself. First person you meet is yourself. I have some clients right now that are in a quandary. Do I stay? Do I go? You know, do, do I stay put, you know, in an environment where I'm not happy, in, in an environment where my children are not happy, or, or do I go? And it's amazing to me the the guilt trip that Western culture puts on women, particularly black women, about making empowered choices and decisions for themselves. Because ultimately, if mama not happy, if big mama not happy, the children not going to be happy either. If mama not healthy, the children are not going to be healthy either. And sometimes they don't show up in the physical. You know, mama might have a little weight and the child might be in, in perfect 15 to 20 year old shape, but what's going on inside, emotionally, mentally, intellectually. And so we see that again, in such a large family as I have, you you see that passed down generationally. I've cousins on both sides of my family been in the projects for generations. I've got family on, on both sides that came out of the projects and got degrees and, educations and, and is traveling the world and, and, and is working for high profile positions, you know, in the nation. So we indeed have the power to move. I think you have to move with Oya. You can't move against her. It's like moving against a tornado or move, <laughs> moving against a hurricane. Mm-hmm. 
you know, you will get tore up, your house will get tore down, and you will have to relocate. So you mm-hmm. have to move with the storm. And, and we've mm-hmm. learned that uniquely in, in New Orleans. We, we mm-hmm. start charting the storm out long before it gets here. Once it leaves the, the west coast of Africa, we chart the storm. Once it enters the Caribbean, we chart the storm. Once it enters the Gulf, we rechart in the, the storm. And, and you learn to count time. Timing, I learned, is very important. Some of us quit and break down just before the blessing comes. Some of us quit and break down because we don't understand the dynamics of timing. And we've been forced into a linear sort of Western sense of, of time. And time is really like a crystal ball. It's really round and, and, and full and expands from the inside out. So people say, well, how long is it going to take as long as you take? Mm-hmm. How soon am I going to get a response as soon as I get a response from you? And, 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 and that's because all things originate within you. All things originate within me. So my relationship to Oya, um, as tentative as it has been, um, has been probably one of the most important relationships I've had in comparison to, to both Loa and Risha has been mm-hmm. that of, of Oya, that sudden change and transformation that I've, I've literally been hit with since I was two. My mom might say since I came into the world. And then learning to move with that, to roll with that. Now, now in my best day, I could get up, pack up, move up in 24 hours. All it took was a whim and a notion. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. And, and within 24 hours, I was gone. <laughs> house, house would be cleared. <laughs> you know, I would be out. Um, as I matured, I learned to sort of, again, go with that storm while standing in place. Mm-hmm. while standing in place and, and going through the middle of it, experiencing all the feelings that, that go along with it, all the emotions that go along with it. You know, we're either in our feelings or we're detached from our, from our emotions, particularly as it relates to Oya. My cousin mm-hmm. said that, uh, but just in a different way. You know, you see the storm coming and all you think about is, oh, God, we're going to die. Oh, God, the city going to fill with water. Oh, God, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the other. But, but those of us who sort of learn to dance and, and move with Oya, you move into preparation. You move into your training. And, mm-hmm. and as a martial art expert, I'm sure you would agree that, you know, preparation starts long before the storm. Preparation starts long before June 1st, which is the beginning of the hurricane season for New Orleans. Yeah, we have the, uh, right now we're going, we're in tornado season. And we know that when we're in tornado season, we look at, I look at life along with how do we deal with tornadoes? We deal with tornadoes during this time where the tornadoes uh, can come at the drop of a dime. You could be doing one thing and the next thing you know, you got the, the, the funnel. And the funnel can be lasting, landing anywhere. When we look at that in comparison to life, it tells us that when, when the tornadoes come, we're looking at the different facets of our life that the tornado, that yay is dropping down in. Because the tornado, when it's up top, there's no danger to it. The danger of the tornado is when the spiral comes down and it drops down. And when it drops down and hits, that's when the explosion goes. So therefore, 
when we're looking at the tornadoes of our life, when the tornadoes are up here, there's already indications that things need to happen. But sometimes we don't take the indications seriously. And the indications are not taken until all of a sudden she decides that she's going to come down at this particular place and then destroy everything in that particular thing or that, that area. And then it takes for you to now take the time to rebuild that area. But when you rebuild it, you're rebuilding it brand new with even better material than before that will allow you to see the beauty and the betterness of all that you've gone through as, as the explosion, as, as that damage came. We look at damage in, in a negative way a lot of times. And the damage sometimes is not, it's negative maybe at that moment. But we can't look at, at that all the time as totally negative. We got to look at it as that is the, the impetus that is needed to beautify, to change, to improve, to strengthen, to realignment, to reaffirm. All of those different areas when we're looking at when the tornado drops and then the effect of the tornado within our lives. We have many friends and many people that we love. We love them. But the bottom line is sometimes the relationship changes because certain circumstances and situations in it cause a particular change in the energy. And we have a struggle a lot of times when the change in the energy comes because now we don't know if that means that that person is going to be blown out of our lives for good or they're going to be maintaining and staying in your life but at a different capacity and in a different way, in a different place and space. So we have to now look at the winds of change in a way that's going to be what, what kind of improvement can we make in our life when the winds of change are coming and they're blowing and they're, they're, they're entering into our life. It's a lot of struggle sometimes when we look at, at the energy of Yeye. We look at it as we're going through it. Some of us can't stand strong during that time. We waver, and it's natural. Sometimes we just got to look at the natural part of this as well and know it's okay sometimes that the winds of change and we're, we're, we're rocking, we're rocking, right? Let's look at a tree. A tree, the older trees have these uh, the, the roots that, that are bigger, right? Or, or they're, they're more firm in the ground. And then Oyaf comes with the significant wind of change. And then you see that for some trees, the root stays in the ground. Yeah. But then the other parts of the tree breaks and, and it's, it's, it's you know, uh, uh, broken and, and, and bent over. And then for some, the roots stay intact, but the roots, they come up out of the ground along with the rest of the tree, and the whole tree is uprooted. How does that happen in the, in the aspects of our life? How do we deal with that when that happens in our life, when people that we love and care for either make their transition to the realm of the ancestors or even decide that they're going to leave out of our life, maybe sometimes in a very hurtful way. How do we deal with the changes? How do we deal with that within our life? What steps do we take to now rebuild? 
Oh, time beloved. Oh, time beloved, did you have something you want to share with us? Don't be scared. <laughs> I am, uh, I'm trying to see what, what I need to get in. I'm sorry. I was just in it and, 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 and loving it. Um, wow. Um, I agree with everything um, that Divine Prince and Baba Aloya has said on here in the chat, everything. I've been trying to pay attention to those. This is so awesome. So um, I will say that everything, I can't even say spot on. It's more like bullseye accuracy. Everything um, is, is right and exact. Just in talking about the changes and the things that happen, I believe I've seen someone in the chat um, speaking to Oya saying about how you just have to go with it. There's no there's no fighting against it. And just like what Baba Loy said with seeing change a lot of the times we see destruction and we see things that that happen in our lives as negative. And and before um in, in other um discussions we've had, we we've also mentioned that we have to understand that in, in life it, it's all on perspective and how you're looking at it. It's not about things happening to you as opposed to happening for you for your growth, for your advancement, for your elevation. And we cannot often go by what it looks. That's what faith is. It's, keeping, it's continuing to walk down the staircase even though you can't see the bottom. And that's the same thing with the destruction and the things that are shifted and changed in our lives. It may look topsy-turvy. Everything may look helter-skelter and all over the place. But in essence, that's exactly how it needs to be because sometimes um, even in our lives, when we are trying, when Spirit is trying to elevate us, and we are trying to have things that is for our better good, and we are trying to be pushed and moved along to that, our own um, comfort with um, being stagnant or complacency and not understanding that where we are is not where we meant to, where we're meant to stay, and we can sometimes get comfortable in those positions. So when the winds of change come, when those things show up in our lives, for us, for some people, it could be detrimental. It could just be, oh, why me? What is this? And that's where we need to sometimes pause, take a moment, say a prayer, take a deep breath, because nothing good, no good decisions can be made out of emotion. You have to focus. You have to really take a, take, take the time, pardon me, to look at the perspective of both sides. See what's going on, why. And even sometimes when you do not have an explanation for the things that are happening, sometimes it's best to just watch, pay attention to what's going on, because there are signs and lessons in everything if we're willing to pay attention or look beyond the veil. So um, I will say that everything so far has been wonderful. And, and that's what we need to focus on when it comes with change. See, a lot of the times we try to make permanent things out of temporary situations. And I know we've heard that saying, people come into your life for a reason, season, or a lifetime. Some people just come to teach you something that we want to hold on to, and that's not what it's meant for. And we have to understand a lot of the times we're, when we're elevated, when we're moved out of that position, or as some Christians say, when God shuts that door, leave it shut. Dead bosses, put, put up two, two, four by fours like Looney Tunes used to do. But keep it shut and don't go back in there because you're moving on. That place, that purpose, that situation no longer serves you. And it may be painful because sometimes, sometimes it's not just a certain situation. Sometimes it could be a person, it could be a place. And especially when dealing with relationships, 
it can be hurtful, especially when we're elevating and we're going through changes and those that we felt that were so close and now like, well, what's going on with you? And it can be like that sometimes. Sorry. Um, It can be like that sometimes. And one thing I always took (laughs) from my grandmother is she her way with words. Her her ways with words sometimes is just so amazing. Um, But one thing my grandmother taught me, and I have held to it, and I even say it to this day, is everyone is supposed to be different because we all have something to bring to the table. Okay. You may not be everyone's cup of tea, but you sure as hell somebody shot a him. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, you know, exactly, you know, so it, it's something for everyone. And if we all just learn how to look at those changes, accept them for what they are, and try to see past our feelings and what we feel is happening to us in that moment, we can get so much further. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Craig Burns said mm-hmm. living in the now is difficult for most people. And, mm-hmm. and I talk about that a lot, especially in my consultations. Um, many people who are experiencing the illusion of an issue block or complication, I always call it an illusion. I never accept it as real. Um, are often either living in the past, or, or which is our memory, or in the future, which is a part of your creative imagination. And we can get dislodged from this moment, even in an emergency, you know, when, you know, someone's injured or someone's sick, you know, and, and 911 has been called and everybody's in, in a panic, you know, there's going to be that one relative that's going to cry and wail and scream and, 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 and clown and, and can't be of any benefit to what's happening in, in, that, in that moment. And then there's going to be the other relative that somehow just stays calm that manages, you know, to go get a wet towel, that manages to do, you know, provide uh, CPR, you know, mm-hmm. uh, until the paramedics arrive. And, and so mm-hmm. what separates the one from the other? I think it's very important that we have a vision of the future that we can focus on even in the midst of the illusion of an issue, a block, or a complication. One mm-hmm. of the lessons I learned is the worst thing that you can believe is that this is the way it's supposed to be. And as uh, Otan and um, Oloye said, um, there's a lesson to be learned. There's something, you know, spirit is trying to bless you with. Let me tell you, I would not be here today with you if it weren't for Hurricane Katrina. I couldn't see this, couldn't imagine it. I thought what I had was what I had, you know. And, And so I worked security, you know, and, and I did voodoo, you know, on my off time, and I was a vendor. Many of you remember me being a street vendor back in those days, selling incense and oil on the street, you know, struggling to pay Peter and pay Paul. You know, my grandma used to say, robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, check to check, bill to bill, you know, wasn't performing, wasn't active in the community. And it really took Hurricane Katrina to dislodge me from that, from that reality from that, re- that illusion of my reality. Because truth is, everything that I have now, I, I had then. I-, I just didn't know what to do with it. I, I just didn't know how to apply it. I just didn't know that it was needed. I, I just didn't know that it was wanted. So we've, we've got to find a way, even in the midst of a tragedy. And, and, you know, let's get a little personal. You know, death, 
you know, child death in particular, you know, what is that? Is it me? You know, often the woman takes that on herself. There's that blame. There's that guilt. There's that mourning that happens, you know, and it's hard to understand why. Why? I was watching uh, that uh, relationship camp on VH1 (laughs) just the other day. Uh, Yeah, I was. (laughs) I was. (laughs) And, and, And it came up then. You know, the idea that, you know, one of the the celebrities had lost a child. In fact, two of them had lost a child. And and the quote-unquote medium was uh, trying to explain to them that, you know, the child's purpose had been fulfilled. And you can't carry that as a negative for for the remainder of your life. In one case, she she suggested that the soul of that child had actually come back through, through another child that they subsequently had later on. So, so my point is, even in the worst of circumstances, and there are people listening to us, y'all, that, that are in the worst of circumstances, young people and old. It, it's some young people right now that's trying to decide, do I stay, do I go, do I run? What do I do? You've got to look to a different reality than what you believe you're experiencing. You have to. My mama would say, once the devil tricks you into believing that this is your reality, that this is what it is, that, that I can't get any more, that I can't do any better. Why are you trying? We all know people in the hood that have that mentality. Well, why are you trying? You know, you, you're never going to make it. You're black. You're a woman. You're a man. It's America. You know, and so they find their happiness in, in the bottom of that bottle, sitting on the corner, having that same conversation every day. And, and that's why I say it's an illusion of a block, an issue, mm-hmm. a complication. And it just takes one to just get up and walk away and say, oh, no, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this can't be my reality. And, and then put your energy into creating and recreating the reality that mirrors your best interest. I always add mirrors your best interest because if you're looking in the mirror and you see ugly, that's a problem. If you're looking in the mirror and you see <clears throat> victim and you see helpless, that's a problem. And even in the midst of the, of the worst of storms, I was always divine prince. I was always magical. I always knew that I had a connection to God and to the spirit realm that, that was going to show up any minute, just, just any minute, you know. And so, so no matter what shelter I was sitting in, what corner I was stuck on, you know, I was always looking for that opportunity. And the opportunity ultimately kept presenting itself, kept presenting itself. And that's important because when you're stuck in the illusion, it has been presented and you don't see it. It -hmm. has been presented and and it's almost like God and the ancestors got to knock you on the head. It's almost like God and the ancestors got to push you out into traffic before we realize that we're in danger or we're endangering ourselves or that there's something higher than ourselves that must be heard, you know, um, you know how sometimes, you know, you're sitting quiet and, and you're focused in and your kid run in the room and you jump, you know, oh, you scare me, boo. You know, it's that kind of reality that often we are just one jump away from experiencing. So, so people say, well, how quickly can it happen? It can happen in an instant mm-hmm. if you believe it to be so. But it does not mean that you're going to see the fulfillment of your vision in an instant. 
but but no one can ever say, well, just exactly when did that success start for you, Oprah? Just when exactly, Michael Jordan, did you realize that your life was going to be different? No, none of them can give you the answer to that. They, they can give you a season, you know, well, I, I went to college or I met so-and-so. They can give you a season, but no one can tell you when that moment happened. And often the, the moment is right in our face. But because of the illusion of our memory, well, I'm used to seeing the trees, so I can't see the forest. We miss out on our opportunity to embrace Oya and let her really carry us where we need to be. Sometimes we don't see death as as what it's supposed to be. When we look at Oya, we look at the number nine, and we know that number nine in the space of numerology is that conclusion, right? It says that the energy of number nine represents <clears throat> completion. And, and, and but not finality. So what does it say that it says that the completion of this must happen in order to now rebirth and renew to go to someplace else and even a higher level. We have to look at all of the aspects that happen within these Orisha. What does number nine mean? What does the Oshu? What does number five mean? You know. What does number three mean for Eshu or for Ubu? What does 21 mean? Look at the numbers. The numerology also shares with you aspects that deal with that Orisha. Look at what, you know, look at uh, the colors. The color of, of, of Oya for us is like maroon or, or, or red, or, you know, kind of like a brownish, reddish brown, earth tone color. What does the color mean? It's the color of the earth, right? It's the color that says sometimes, you know, we got to deal with, 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 with like blood changes, you know? Look at the color. What does the colors mean? How does that embody the energy, the spirit that you're dealing with in regard to Oya, to Oshun, to Obatala? You know, we say that Obatala is the father of Oya. So that means if the DNA of Obatala is within Oya, then there is a high level of intelligence, wisdom, patience, all of these things that we should have as we're working with Oya. But on the other end, we also have the mother being Yemoya, or some say Yembo, which is a, a variant in some traditions of Oya, right? then we're looking at the divine mother. We're looking at the one who brings nurturing. So, therefore, we have to look at the numerology that goes along with it. The numerology for Yemoya is number seven. So now, what, what does number seven represent other than a divinity, that the, uh, a high level of divinity, right? So, you have number eight that goes into to Obatala. And so the number eight then represents infinity, a never-ending, never-ending wisdom and knowledge that you're growing into. So, you know, we have to look at all these facets, the numerology. we got to look at what the colors represent. We have to look at all of the other facets that people might not look into that will share with us even more understanding and wisdom of the Orisha and the manifestation of the Orisha 
within us. Asar, it's also what we present as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> it's not only a present, but it's also what we present, what we project. Again, creating and recreating our own reality. And, and welcome, divine self-healing beloved. Don't mute now, honey. <laughs> come on into come on into the room. I don't want to be in no way. <laughs> but peace to all of you, uh, Baba, sister, uh, So I've been in this space for a while, but I've never like come on camera because I'm usually at work. But today I said I gotta go take a break, y'all. I, I, I'll be back a little bit later because I had to get in on this because um, what Baba was saying earlier about. Um, the real life example. I'm not going to tell you all my business, but I wanted to kind of share like the what I've been moving through these past little while of like with this energy. So um, the first thing that I want to say is that like if I had not been operating in tradition and had a foundation with my ancestors and my spirits and really like being in touch with that, I would be in shambles right now just because that energy has been so heavy and everything has been moving so fast and all, so much has been coming up. Um, the thing or the way that my mind has been um, like moving through it is that we have multiple bodies. Like the physical aspect of us is only one aspect of what we are. So when we talk about manifesting things and things coming down from the ether, it's like a process. Like it has to move through the spiritual to come to the physical. So for me, what I have felt like is that the releasing that I have been doing of these patterns and these things that no longer serve me is like it's moving out of my physical body, which could be crying or releasing it in whatever kind of way, and it's moving through those other bodies out of my energetic field to to be no more because it doesn't serve anymore. Um, And so kind of like what y'all were saying earlier about how, like, if I see has built our realities around this trauma, and so when things are shifting and transforming, it's like you want to hold on and grasp through those things, but you can't because it's just not meant to be there. And so um, I feel like for me, realizing that and surrendering and just kind of allowing those things to, to move is really helping me. Now, it's not pretty. It doesn't feel good, but the rituals I've done, the things I've asked for, the things that have been promised to me in my divination, the things that my ancestors have given me, the reason why I came here is more than that. One of the things that um, my chief always talks about is how we are already the essence of who we are going to be when we come here. And it's like a continual uncovering of the things, but who I am in this moment is not someone who can hold the capacity of the way of that destiny. So I have to keep changing. I have to keep transforming. I have to keep releasing in order to get that into being to have that. But of the things that are coming in that are mine will be taken from me because I won't be in a position to hold on to them and to keep them. So that's kind of what I'm moving through right now of like um, on a more personal level, my mother and my father. Um, I realized that I had been keeping myself out of relationships in a way from like intimacy and things like that because I didn't want to be her as far as being someone who felt like that was something that they needed. I want to feel like I didn't need that, but for the way that I'm built and for my destiny, partnership is something that's very important for me. So I'm having to let that go and realize that I'm not her. And what her troubles or her destiny is, is not 
um, something that I have to let hold me back. And the same thing for my father as well, you know, with whatever that situation is. So, um, and I feel like a sister to be with you earlier who was saying that about yourself and like your your essence of who you really are and how those layers of conditioning and programming and all those things are on top of that. And it's like sheep, it's like the onion. We have to continue to let those things be turned away and be willing to go through the process. And I feel like um, in my personal experience before not allowing myself to move through that process is what has hindered me in a way and um, made it to where right now is maybe more heavy possibly than it could have had to be had I at that point in time moved through those things and let them go. Um, so, yeah. When we talk about, like, doing our candle magic and we, you know, all this stuff that we're doing, like, that's work, but this, this is the work also. Like, you think we're doing shadow work and you think you're moving through some stuff, but it's like, this is the work. And it's like, sometimes the work is simply crying. You know, sometimes the work is me just being a witness to myself and my own thoughts and my emotions and what I'm moving through. Um, and that's enough. And that's enough. Because that judgment, I feel like, collectively, is really what we're having to let go of um, as far as judging ourselves and circumstances and people. And so um, I feel like as we continue to move through that individually and we, you know, give that to each other too, if that's how we move into that compassion, that's going to help us on a macro level to shift things and change things and dismantle systems and all the stuff that we know we want to do. Um, but it has to begin with the shift and that transformation first. So that's all that I wanted to say. Um, so thank you, everybody. Thank you, beloved. Can I add to her? Yes, please. Um, firstly, yes. uh, sis, that was what you said was um, exceptionally powerful. And I will say this. Um, we must understand, firstly, from me to you, uh, black woman to black woman, we have to learn how to be easy on ourselves. See, a lot of people don't understand the pressure that we hold. It's good to be strong. But we're also sometimes forgotten because people think strong people don't need nobody. We hold it all in. And as black women, I'm talking to any sisters watching this, let me tell you something. Change is not a bad thing. Flow with the storm. And sometimes it ain't always to be held in. Every fight ain't your fight. Every brick ain't your brick. Set it down. It's all right to be weak sometimes. See, we got to get out of that. I have to be the strong black woman. If somebody see me cry, let your baby see you cry. Let them see that to feel is to be. See, it's not about going through the storm because it's not where you start. It's how you finish. It may look crazy, but you need to push through. And sometimes a lot of the storms are brought on upon ourselves because we'll get a little tidbit of this, we'll get a little tidbit of that, but because we are so loving, because we are so willing as a people and not just black women go, well, maybe it was this. Well, maybe they was going through that. I understand that's not true. To fix them, you need to observe what's happening, see them where they are, and work in that space. But we can't take on the world. We can't take on the world. So know that when the change comes, we can't look at it as, oh, here we go again. We need to strap them boots up and go, let's get it. Because sometimes, sometimes, 
God got to put us flat on our backs so all we can do is look up at him. Because we get into the people getting in our ear and they're telling you that, oh, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Why? Because this is their business for you. And some of the times we all know hurt people hurt people. And some people, it may not be that they don't want your blessing, that they want your blessing. They just may not want to see you with it because they're coming from a place of pain. Change affects everyone differently. But it's not about how, how the change comes and, and whether you, you feel like you can make it through. Just don't fold. It's all right with getting weak. You may bend a little. You may crack a little. But you don't have to fold because it's all to teach you something. And if all you want to do is focus on being the victim, you're going to miss the lesson. And that's where people stay in that cycle because you're not getting it. You're not getting it. And if you're not going to get it, it's going to continue. That becomes the cycle. Wake up. What am I doing? And sometimes, let me tell y'all something. We got to get out of that. I'm having this problem. I'm having that problem. I'm having this problem. I'm having that problem. And sometimes, you're going to have to sit down and go, what am I doing? What is it in me? What is that in my energy that's pulling this mess to me? Wake up. Pay attention. It's not about what's happening to you. It's about what's happening for you. The, the definition of insanity is to continue doing the same thing. And expecting a different result every time. And as you're going through the storm, it takes time. Like you said, it needs to move through the different levels. We have to understand that we can't pray for something and then run and look out the window. That's not the way it works. It's going to take work. It's going to take moving through some things. And even though it may not look like it's happening for you, we have no idea what God is doing in the backside. We have no idea the work, the things that will be put in place. Meanwhile, you complaining and things are still shifting in your favor. But when you lose focus, you, you focus, you stop doing your work. God don't need a secretary. He's good up there. Do the work you will get. And when you meet people along the way, understand what their position is. Every brick ain't your brick. You ain't supposed to take everybody on. You can't take everybody on. You can't take everybody on. That's where discernment comes in at. So that's why a strong prayer life is needed. And when I pray to God, sometimes, let me say something. We all have what I call blind girl moments. Sometimes I'll be like, come on, you know I'm a bobblehead sometimes. Make it plain. Make it clear. Because depending on that kind of day, whew, it'll go right over my head. And I go, but why? But why? And then I look back and go, oh, we, we got to focus. We got to focus. And sometimes we're just not getting it when it's coming in. But you, you got it. You, you, you're doing it, and you keep doing it. And I'm proud of you. We don't hear that enough. I'm proud of you. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm proud of you too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm in. Okay. See, also, so I definitely be getting in touch with you as well. You are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're always welcome. Always happy to to meet somebody. You know, new that's in the tradition, and you're always you're always welcome. Thank you for sharing, too, because that was a very powerful uh, thing that you shared. So thank you for sharing. It was, it was wonderful. And so I look forward to, to meeting you and to hearing more of your story. And anything that I can do to be a blessing to you, please let me know. Okay. And if if I can add anything at all, um, both of you, Divine Self-Healing and Old Time, really brought something uh, that really needed to be heard. Um, I'm telling you what I know. I got godchildren in a room. I got some of my callers in a room. Some of you spoke like you knew exactly what we working with. 
today. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, it, it brings to question, what is it? Why is it, particularly with black women, uh, that they are, are sort of programmed to take everything on, to be responsible for everything, often to their own detriment, often to their own detriment. And, and what is it that fuels that, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but what is it that fuels that focus, over-focus on the man, the man, the man, and, and they can com- be completely blind to everything else that's going on in their life? They come with love and relationship questions, but then we start looking at health and wellness, finances, their relationship with their children, their relationship with their mama. Uh, forgive me for sounding like Iyana Van Zandt, but none of y'all said that when y'all showed up and asked me for a request. You just said, I want my man back. You didn't tell me all this other stuff was, was playing in your life. And, mm-hmm. and the ancestors and Oya sometimes will, will push it right there up to you because you can't see it. And, and, and it presents itself as the illusion of an issue, a block, a complication. But, but you see everything else except ourselves, except ourselves. And, and, it, and it rolls down to the children. Me and my mama are, are, are witnesses to that. It rolls down to the children. If I hear one more time, I'm staying for the kids. If I hear one more time, I'm putting up with nonsense for my children. If I hear one more time, I'm putting my own happiness on the back burner for my kids, I'm going to pull my afro out. Because you're not doing the kids any good. Your kids are absorbing every bit of it, especially that which you don't want to talk about, that which you conceal, that which you hide, that that which you think, oh, we shouldn't discuss this in front of the kids. Your kids absorb all of that. Mm -hmm. How many of you have had your kids playing out in the yard or in the basement or another part of the house, and the minute you get into a personal conversation on the phone, they show up. They, mm-hmm. Like they feel you through the walls. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can't hide your pain from your kids. You can't hide your trauma <laughs> from your kids. You can't hide those past tragedies from your kids. They show up in your kids. And then when they yeah. get 17, 18, 19, and, oh, well, I don't know where they got that from. They didn't get that from me. I don't know why they started doing this. They didn't see that demonstrated with me. It's in their blood. And you have children sometimes that already have gifts. And you might not even realize that they have gifts. My daughter knows anytime that all kinds of stuff is happening. My daughter doesn't live here with me, but I'll get a phone call. My daughter knows and feels things are not right. Some of my godchildren, Omorokini and them, they they straight out told me, we know, Baba, when things are not right, when things, when you got struggles and challenges, we feel it. People have gifts. They already know. The other part to it as well, you know, Oya speaks of the one who, who is the master of the last breath, and then also the first breath. So what does that say? From another particular perspective, it's saying that Oya is that which is manifested in the completion, in the ending of something that needs to end, but she's the first breath of that which has to be brand new, 
which is renewed, which is rejuvenated, which is birthed. She's the first breath. So that means already in that first breath is the breath of transformation that you're going to go through in, in different areas of life. The last breath, the completion of this, is painful at times. You're going to be, uh, 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 people are going to be leaving your life that you love. People are going to be leaving life that, that you care deeply for. And we're not always talking about physical death. Because Oya is that she is the owner of the, the not the graveyard, not the not the cemetery, but the cemetery gate. You got to walk through the gate or drive through the gate to get inside the cemetery. So when you put forth together, she is the one of the last breath, the first breath, and the entrance into the cemetery. It's telling you that you're going to have to go through a significant aspect of transformation within death of something so that it can be reborn into something else. And if we look at it, even in the African standpoint of somebody, uh, we always say that, that uh, the new child, the baby, is an ancestor return. So therefore, the transformation had to happen of this particular person making transition, taking their last breath, in order for that child to be born with the first breath and to come back to complete whatever work that they are completing. Ashe. Ashe. Yes, indeed. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, okay. Oh, God, I just had a whole argument. Oh, God. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I want to say this because I want to speak on whew, uh, Divine Prince, your your uh, commentary on the you know hearing about what he's saying for the children and different things like that. So, uh, to, to quote Sister uh, Divine Self Healing, not to tell all my business, um, but it's pertinent. Um, I'm married. And this is my second marriage. Um, I got married for the first time when I was 19, stationed in Hawaii, and knew everything. Right? Um, the, the man I married, good person, horrible husband. Um, you have to understand that hurt people hurt people. I ended up finding out, see, when you don't find out, and this is why all of this is, is, is about change, self-help, self-work, doing the work and everything. Because first and foremost, when you're not healed, okay, you're going to end up bleeding over somebody that didn't cut you. My uh, first husband grew up in a household where his father was abusive physically to his mother. And that, I didn't find out so much later after the first time I had to rock his knot, I found out where that came from. Um, because we didn't do the hit nothing over there. We women in my family, we fight. We fight. We shoot. We stuff. So um, it was a very tumultuous relationship because when he was sober, he was cool. Start drinking, problem. So um, we went through a lot of stuff, and I saw 
a lot of his generational curse and not just dealing with um, the physicalness of it, but as far as the dealings with other women as well. And we didn't have any children. Thank you, all of the mighty. We did not have any children. Um, but I will say this. Uh, when I, After a couple of years, when I went ahead and left, I, I went to another duty station. Um, we didn't speak for several years. And finally, after me trying to get a divorce, he wanted to reconcile. And I said, okay, this is my husband. I'm going to give it one shot. When I got to California, when I got to California to go to Fort Irwin, um, going down the escalator, I literally heard my grandmother say, baby, what the hell you doing? Run. And I'm like, and I'm going down the escalators and I'm looking at him and all I keep hearing is no, 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 no. Didn't know what that was. Uh, within a couple of days of being there, because of my former bronchitis, I got sick. I was in Cali. I came from Virginia. Totally different weather. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up finding out some things about him and other women there. And within a month or two of being there, I said, no, I'm done. Left. The day I left, when we spoke, I said to him, Jay, please, don't let your penis lead you through life because everything that glitters ain't gold. Please, find some kind of help and get that within yourself. And he said to me, I will, I will, before you leave, why don't you come back upstairs? I just, I miss you, Ed, I miss you. And I'm like, mm, I'm good. And two years later, oh, three or four or five, two years later, um, I'm in Virginia in a completely new relationship, about to have my first child. And he called me crying and apologizing for everything he's ever done. And that wasn't him. So I said, no, 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 I appreciate that. What's wrong? That man had HIV, and he had it when I was there. And if I hadn't listened to God, if I hadn't listened, someone that I loved, my husband, would have took my life with his. So when I hear about women staying for love, let me tell you something. Sometimes God he does nothing but want to save us. You are nothing to anyone if you can't give it to yourself. If you don't have it for you, you don't have it for your children. You don't have it for your husband. You don't have it for your brother, your mother. You don't have it. This is why healing is important. Because he didn't heal. But I had that trust in God, and it saved my life. You want to save your life, you stop saying for them kids. They're going to understand. What they're not going to understand is why you made them suffer when you could have walked away. Don't you stay nowhere and give your life to somebody that wouldn't piss on you if you was on fire. You are much more valuable than that. And that goes for anyone watching it because you need it. And I've been there. And don't you dare do that to yourself. You are worth more. It don't matter if you see it now. I'm telling you, you are worth more. We are the mothers. We are birthed civilization. Don't you think for one second that everything in you is great. Don't you dare think it. Okay, I'm going. I got to wipe my face. I got to go. Okay. My mama says amen and hallelujah. (laughs) Because we lived it, you know. 
and, and let me tell you also, um, my queens, my goddesses, my, my mother, your emotion is your superpower. Your emotions are your superpower. It is in this Western culture that you're taught to think like a man, act like a man, compete with a man. Your emotions are your superpower. Operate from your bosom. Operate from your bosom. And, and love on yourself and love on your kids and, and, and love on your partners. But, but the minute you aren't loving yourself, as Otan said, you can't love anybody else. You can't show up for your kids the way you need to show up for your kids. Mm-hmm. You got to look at Oya as well in the energy of this. Oya is the keeper of knowledge, the keeper of infinite wisdom. Now, as we said before, as the daughter of Obatala, and Obatala being the father of wisdom, then Oya holds significant wisdom within the bosom. As such, she's also the healer, the healer. Invoke to defeat Iku. In our tradition, Iku is the, the energy of death. Death is not always the, the physical again. It could be in the mental, emotional, spiritual realm as well. So therefore, when you evoke Oya, it is said that she's one of only two Orisha to defeat Iku, to defeat death. One being Rumila and the other being Oya. So when we evoke Oya, we have a powerful entity that can, pre- that can prevent our death. Or any death that does manifest is a death to bring the completion for the manifestation of newness, of rebirth, of regrowth. We got to look at all the facets, you know, to, to, to her. And as such, Oya, when we look at Oya, Oya brings us an ancestral connection too. So what Otu was talking about in the connection with the ancestors as Oya is the mother of a Bungu, a Bungu being the ancestral realm, a Bungu meaning our personal ancestors, but a Bungu meaning the, manifest, the, uh, 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 the ancestors of a whole. And so when we're looking at Oya and her, her relationship with a Gungun, birthing a Gungun, birthing or, uh, ancestors, anyone that's lined up with ancestry that practices ancestors, works with their ancestors close, then that manifestation of Oya enters in and it brings an even stronger, stronger connection with the ancestors. The ancestors, again, will talk to you. They will let you know. We're making this, you, you don't know. You need to go. You need to do this, you need to do that. And those of us that are willing to listen and adhere to what our ancestors say, we'll find that the reason for what they're telling us to do will always manifest pretty quickly after we listen and obey. It's better to obey than to make all types of sacrifices. Tremaine Hawkins used to say that. I my, my godmother used to say that. <laughs> yeah. And also we must remember that um, in the process of change, when we are finally in tune and aligned with spirit, it uh, doesn't mean that everything has to go step by step. Sometimes we run so long, guys, like, okay, I got you now. 
jump on in it. So it's going to be different for everyone. But sometimes for those of us that ran so long and those who did it, they know who they are. We've got those feelings. we got those. Do not be surprised. No, that does not mean spirit going to take it slow on you because you got the gifts and you're just going to have to learn as you go. Ooh, wait, listen. That's real. <laughs> it's real. You guys remember the, the gospel song? Be not, be not dismissed for whatever uh, besides God will take care of you, right? Think of how deep that meaning is and what we're talking about now. Yeah. If we don't allow ourselves to just get stuck in what we're going through and we allow ourselves to to move through, you said we, we can't move against Ye-Ye, we have to move with Ye-Ye Oya. If we move with Ye-Ye Oya, and just tell her, when I do my prayers to Ye Ye, I tell her, I might not understand, but I trust you. At the end of this, things are going to be in a beautiful place. And I tell her, this stuff hurts. So whatever it is, please hurry up and get done with it so that I can move on to feeling better in my, you know, feeling yeah. better. And but move along with it. And be tied to just the wave. Meaning, yes. meaning it is temporary and it's already in motion. And, and you never know at what point where you are exactly in the wave. Have you ever seen uh, uh, those guys who ride the surfboards? You yes. never know exactly where you are in the middle of that water. And they often describe it that way. You know, you, you feel like you are underwater, you know, but they've learned counting. They've learned timing. They've learned there's a season for being on top of the wave and there's a season for being in the wave. And there's a season for being beyond the wave. And so through practice and moving through, they learn that, that rhythm. There's a rhythm that also comes with, with Oya. Oya is also known for her dance. So there's a rhythm in, 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 in that swirling, in that twirling, in that motion that not only moves us forward, but settles things. You know, shake, you know if you take a... a a jar full of sand and, and sort of shake it, you know, those, those heavier things drop to the bottom. Certain items in that sand sift away, and you get a much more refined product, a, a smoother product. So being able to sort of move through the challenge, um, I'm grateful for that ability. Um, I'm often mystified when people, you know, are hitting a big toe with a hammer and don't move. And don't move their foot. And as Otan said earlier, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is insanity. <laughs> you know. So I'm grateful for this conversation. Everyone who is uh, participating, we we have about 20 minutes left. Yes, it's hot in church. <laughs> we have about 20 minutes left uh, in the program. I invite everyone to please participate. Let me check my blog talk radio. I know I have people uh, in chat and people listening in blog talk radio, but if you have a question or a comment, please do feel free uh, to dial area code 845-277-9143 and press the number one on your telephone keypad, and I'll bring you into the conversation. And, of course, those of you who are already with us in the StreamYard, YouTube, Periscope, EarthCam, Facebook, um, please feel free to plug in your cam as divine self-healing has done and Otan and Oluye Ifawole and join us with your questions, comments, and, and even your requests. You know, I'd like to look at Oya also 
Oya is said to be the helper of women with fertility issues. And so that means we have to look at the feminine energy and the ability of birth. For those who are struggling with birthing, and that doesn't always just mean in the sense of physical. It could be birthing in our uh, business. It could be birthing in our relationship. It could be birthing in finances. It could be birthing in many different methodologies in, in different ways. So we have to look at what Oya can bring. Sometimes the decisions and choices that we're making are not in alignment for the birth of something that's going to be successful. And Lee is the owner of the marketplace. She's the owner of the marketplace. So as being the owner of the marketplace, we also have to look at Yeye Oya and her ability to bring us the fertility, the, the, the ability to be fertile in establishing that which is going to make us successful, whether it's business, whether it's personal, whether it's children, whatever at capacity, it doesn't really matter. Let's look at the major part of it and being uh, fertile. What is it that we have to do to make a business successful? Do we have the schools? Did we go to take a class to make sure we know how to organize the bookkeeping? Did we making sure that we have a tax person? Are we making sure we have a lawyer? Are we making sure that we have all of the necessary ingredients to make our meal, to make what we're developing successful? And if we don't, then maybe we should be doing those things before we wind up being in a place where now that energy of the wind blowing is blowing this thing in a negative place rather than in a positive place. Of course, we have the difference between ire, when we come to do divination, we say either ire or ibi, either way that you say it, ire, meaning that things are, are pretty much on level, but then ibi, is that it's, it's kind of rocky at this place, even if you don't see it right now in a different place, there's a little bit of rockiness going along. So how then do we have to then do the work that transforms the EB to EA to bring things back to the even keel? So, you know, we have to look at all of those things when we look at our life, when we look at our choices, our decisions, the people around us, all of those things in order for us to transform our lives, our own lives. Iyanla, fix my life. Well, fix your own life. You got to make the decisions and choices that are going to be required to fix your life and to change your life and to transform your life to the direction that's going to be best in alignment for your, for your, your destiny, right? We always talk about destiny. In our tradition, in Ifat, it is the destiny that we came here that we desire to fulfill. So therefore, we have to do the work and hope that we can be in alignment through the, for us in Ifa, we go through Ishefa and we go through Tefa to bring us into our destiny and the knowledge of our destiny. And when we go through those stages, then it opens up in divine verse of Odu Ifa that speaks to what it is that we came here, the struggles and challenges that we went through, and now what it's going to take and the prescription 
that's going to take for us to heal and to to now move into alignment with our highest self, our highest destiny. A lot of that has to do with the young. What transformation are we willing to make in our lives, especially after it being shown to us and given to us? What work are we doing now? Because a lot of the times we have things changing, we see things are going, and we're like, okay, well, I was told this is happening, and you're just sitting around waiting. Why? What if you, let's say you were told, for example, you were going to be blessed with a business. Okay, that don't mean you just get to sit on your behind and wait for it to drop in your lap. While spirit is working out the technical things, what are you doing? Have you researched the best uh, banking system or how what how you're going to pay? Are you going to have employees or are you going to be a sole proprietorship? Are you going to be an LLC? Are you going to incorporate? Do you like like Divine um, Princess? Are you going to have a lawyer, an accountant? What are you doing in your meantime? Have you discussed the company name? Have you come up with a board? Someone that's going to help you be a part of your company, a CEO, COO? It's so many things in, in the meantime that can be done. So even though when we understand that changes are coming, especially when it's good changes, we can't just get hype and then just sit around and keep that work going. There are things you need to know and things that you need to put in place. So when it does come, it continues flawlessly. So that way you can continue to push forward and walk in that walk that you agreed before you came here. But you don't just get to sit around on your behind and go, well, I guess it's going to happen eventually. Well, I guess not. What work have you done? You are still having to do the work. And even if it's not in prep for that business, sometimes the work has to start internally, and that's what takes the most amount of time. Because part of that work, whether people want to admit it or not, is self-accountability. And that is the problem, especially for black folks. You want to tell us, you don't want to tell us stuff, but you don't want you to tell us nothing. Mm-hmm. not going to work like that. So it's going to work. Just like Michael Jackson said, he's talking to that man in the mirror. You're going to have to look at yourself. And start there, otherwise you're not going to get very far at all. And the blessings that you do receive, you're going to jack them up because you are not prepared to receive them properly. Okay. And, and how do we? Um, I'll say this, and then I'll have to. Uh, yeah, I said I'll be in the chat though. Um, I feel like that's kind of the essence of it in a way, like the microwave generation or the microwave society where we think it's magic with the CK, you know, and oh, I'm going to do this ritual and I'm going to get this tomorrow or like, you know, and we don't go through in order to endure and like so I think that that's something to think about like you just said, sister, about what work am I actually doing to bring these things in? How am I preparing the table? I say I want this meal you know, I say that that's my favorite, that's what I want, but am I setting a place for it to be given to me? So, so okay. I definitely uh, understand that that made a lot of sense. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Divine oh, Self-Healing. Sure. And, and, and how do we impart that to our men in particular? You know, we see the women, you know, doing this work, being forced to do this work, standing up to do this work. We see the women creating sacred and safe space to sort of come together and, and do this work. And we're not quite seeing the same degree of movement with our men. 
And, and I would like both of you, obviously, from your different perspectives to sort of speak to that. I believe, first and foremost, it's in, it's in the mother's bosom, you know, her ability to be sensitive, her ability to be vulnerable, her ability to show love, her ability to show empathy, her ability to hold her boy children to, their, to her chest when they're young and sort of heal, you know, away that, that shadow work. But then when we start getting... 14, 15, 16, um, beloved Oloye Ifawole, and particularly when the, when the fathers are not there to give a demonstration, the grandfathers are not there to give a demonstration, society is not there to give any kind of real demonstration, and now we have this sort of notion of toxic masculinity, you know, and, and, and many brothers are running up to defend that as somehow a authentic representation of, of being a man, of masculinity. So, so how do we teach men and our brothers how to go into those depths of olokun, go into those depths of, of emotion and shadow work and subconscious, and, and just as the women are doing, heal that darkness so that we don't continue to bring that into the next generation? I think it's a great question, and it goes back to to a lot of what we were taught as what a man is supposed to represent. But we fail sometimes to understand that another aspect of the masculinity is the polarity of the feminine energy within us as well. So part of the struggle that we have is that because we were brought up in such a way where we have to be that protector, we have to be that person that uh, is, is straight out willing to fight right from the beginning. We might not understand the polarity on the other side of what it takes to heal. So now we have to be, we, we have to find healers and in, in that, that are men that still represent that masculine energy that we, that we are looking to, to, to be, but can also then be that teacher. I look at the scholars. You look at Dr. Ben. You look at Dr. Joseph Benjamin. Uh, you look at uh, Dr. Van Sotomer. Look at Leonard Jeffrey. When you look at them, you look at people who are not just scholars, but they're healers. How are they healers? Because they're sharing with us the knowledge of ourselves and our own history and story that built us to be who we're supposed to be in this world. Some people have to look at those examples of those healers that are in our community, are men that are healers that are working with the youth, that are working with other men, that are allowing them to have that place to heal, say what they got to say, feel what they got to say, and not condemn them for what they feel, what they say, and their experiences that they've had, the, the mistakes that they might have made, and the challenges that they're going through. We have to be able to share with them methods of being able to view things and teach them. Maybe it's because they don't know. They don't know maybe how to pay bills in the way that we want them to. They don't know how to maybe go and make a resume and go and find a job that can bring them the same amount of money as going out there slinging. 
we have to teach them, but in a way where it's still honoring them, respecting them, and sharing with them that they are still at that point where they are benefited in the society. But then again, we also got to look at the other side of it and looking at the brothers that are going through the challenges and the, the, the uh, ones unarmed deaths and all of that. You know, we have to then be empathetic to them as well. We have to be empathetic to the men who are feeling the anger. They're feeling the anger mm-hmm. maybe of men mm-hmm. that was not in their life, mm-hmm. that chose to leave their mothers in that bind and in that situation, and then never returning to deal with the child and help to lift the child up and to raise the child. So part of us is going to have to be the break that chain of not being there for our own and then for other men to be able to step up to the plate when we can, when we know, when we have the ability to help those people, to help those kids, those young boys, to raise up, to grow, to, 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 to be strong and understand what manhood looks like from somebody who is back in there to, to, to help uh, uh, heal and grow and raise them and all of those things. Yeah, I agree. Um, my point is, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Um, my, my point in the chat was, it's not enough to say I am a man. It's not enough to say I love women. All of those things speak to physicality. And in in today's culture, um, you got some competition when it comes to physicality. (laughs) I know some women who are transitioning uh, in, into men who, who got all the physicality that you got. It, it has nothing to do with leadership. It has nothing to do with you being empathetic with your children. It has nothing to do with you being empathetic with your wife and, and your spouse. It has nothing to do with your ability to show emotion in a healthy way to your children so that they grow up operating in a healthy way in emotion. So if, if emotion leads to sex or violence, that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's a concept that we have been taught by Western culture. There's a thin line between sex and violence. How many of us have not heard that repeated in this culture? So there's no empathy there. There's no no emotion there. There's no sympathy there. You know, and then all these uh, um, made up ideas about masculinity, you know, to where you can't even hug your brother at the funeral you can't even show emotion, you know, when, when your brother's broken. That's what toxic masculinity is. That's long before we get to violence and domestic violence and, and criminality and, and many of the other things that are, that are finding their way into our society. And we cannot have another generation of men who claim they were raised by the streets. Why have we accepted that as a reality? Why have we accepted that as a norm? Why have we accepted that as okay? Why have we accepted that as a badge of honor? I see that in social media every single day. Well, I was raised by the streets. I grew up in the streets. So what does that say about you, my brother? What does that say about your ability to really connect with, with the Iyami, with the woman, with the power of the goddess? We, we, you, we've lost that. 
you know, and it shows up in the broken relationships. It shows up in the broken homes. It shows up in the households that, that as Craig uh, referenced, you know, have, have imported this Judaic Islamic Christian idea that the man somehow runs the house, which was never, never true in, in Africa, which was never true in the indigenous world. Um, my cousin Olaya Ifawole said, oh, oh, yeah, owns the marketplace. Some of y'all don't understand the marketplace is a representative of earth for us, of, of life for us. So without Iyami, without the great mother, without the great mothers, without the queen, you can't be a full man. You can't stand up in your, in your manness, in your masculinity. Uh, someone in the chat used uh, chromosomes. I think it was Anthony X. Yes half X and X and half X and Y or however that works. So why is it that we are taught and raised to only focus on one aspect of that genome? Men are not taught to be emotional, are not taught to be sensitive. You know, I remember a day when they taught sewing and cooking and wood shop and metal shop in school, and they don't teach none of that anymore. None of that. So we have a generation of men who don't know how to be men, a generation of women who don't know how to be women. And, and when we look at pop culture, what you see in the music videos, what you see on TV, and I don't want to hear I don't have a TV. You got internet, you got a TV. Um, what we see online, what we see in Facebook, you know, and your youngins think that that's normal. Your young babies think that that's normal. So we get worked up when every Instagram post is, is they ass and they titties. Mm-hmm. We get worked up when, when, when every Instagram post, you know, is a guy throwing up fake money, because I do know often it's fake money, <laughs> throwing up fake money, you know, giving y'all some sense of physicality. I'm a man because I have this, and I own that, and I control this, and I control that. Yet we don't control ourselves. We're not in control of ourselves. And when I think about things like martial arts, when I think about things like capoeira, when I think about things like uh, kundalini and, and tantric, no, it, it's not about the physical, but it's about you making moves and motions that return us back to a rhythm that aligns us with the planet and with Mother Earth and with nature and with spirit. And then there's that internal manifestation from that activity. So, so yes, uh, feng shui and there are many quote-unquote physical spiritual sciences that, that mm-hmm. talk about moving energy, but no one wants to talk about the work involved in moving energy. So, so what do you do when you focus in blue on, on your fifth chakra and you're holding your crystals? What do you do? Many of you don't know what meditation is or how mm-hmm. that works. And it's so much more than just being still and going blank. There's a whole guided process internally that happens when you're doing Ivory, when you're doing meditation, when you're doing Lave Tech, that moves that energy around. So your, your physicality ultimately responds to your spirit, ultimately responds to your mental, ultimately responds to your intellectual. Another very unpopular topic is when we look at the Western world and, and, and the amount of weight we carry and the amount of fat we carry and, and the amount of uh, unhealthy diseases we, we now have in commonality. 
You know, we see, uh, for instance, Asians who come from these really primarily vegan and, and, and vegetable-based diets with just a little bit of meat or a little bit of fish, you know, who, who become westernized in America and, and, and their children, that very first generation, is picking up that weight, is picking up that diabetes, is picking up some heart problems. So th- there is absolutely a link between what we're doing physically and what you're thinking about while you're doing it. So if you're able to suspend thoughts and, and digest, you know, dead carcasses of animals, plus the mucus of cows and chickens, artificial discs, synthesize that, it takes a great degree of suspending thoughts, being detached from what you're eating to do that. I'm not here to be popular. I'm just telling it like it is. I can't eat much of anything without thinking about what I'm eating when I'm eating it (laughs) and how I'm eating it. And and if I do take a piece of chicken or a piece of beef, I I promise you I'm thinking about it. Every bite, I'm thinking about what it is that I'm eating and why, (laughs) you know. And so we, we as men and males, and, and five gendered individuals have to be willing to be honest. And see, that's part of the problem. We, we can't be really honest about where we're broken, where we're weak, where we're failing, where we're frail, particularly males, because we're not taught to do that in this culture. You're taught to look strong, act strong, be strong, project strong. You know, you, you're not taught to be honest. You know, look at the president, look at the politicians, you know, look at our our global leaders right now. And that's why I say if we don't get our minds right, oh, wow, we're at a loss. Because it's real easy for our youngins to turn on the TV, turn on the computer, look outside their window and see a world of people who are going against everything we've said in this show, who are not supporting anything we say in this show. And when you're thinking through that masculine physicality, oh, but they rich. They used to say that about Michael Jackson. Oh, but he rich. Well, I don't care if he did this, that, and that. Oh, but he rich. You know, and, and we're still doing that. You know, we, the celebrity consciousness. Oh, but she looked good. Oh, but she got her breath done. You know, that their life is, a, is in a shamble. I swear I was going to get through two hours without mentioning Portia. <laughs> Okay, but who does that? Who's, who's healthy? Who's viewing themselves from a healthy place? You, you come out of one unhealthy relationship, you can't even give it 12 months, you're into the next unhealthy relationship. Oh, and by the way, your soulmate is your best friend's man. I mean, who, who does that? Who does that? I'm grateful not to have children, physical, biological children. I'm grateful. I don't know how you dads do it. I don't know how you moms do it. I would probably be in jail, especially with the upbringing that I had with my dad. I would probably be in jail. I would probably have to beat some asses at some point because I don't, I don't know how y'all do it. I got nieces and nephews. By beating asses? What you mean? Girl. Not my kids. Oh, my God. And the competition that you are up against with the rest of the world. You've got to be God. You've got to be goddess for your children. From day one, your your first God, your first Arisha is your mama and your daddy. Because if, if that's not in place, oh my God, y'all, I went through hell in my house. But my degree of respect for my mother 
is unlimited. Unlimited. I would do anything for my mother. I would bow down to the feet of my mother. My mother can be wrong if she want to be. The good thing is my mom ain't trying to be wrong. My mom is still at 78 improving herself. I wish I could say that about dad, cousin. <laughs> and, and that Broomfield side of the family, I, I don't know. But we've got to be willing to be honest. If we can't be honest, you, you ain't got nothing in terms of spiritual power or growth. And your transformation will continue to be a hard one. The illusion of your transformation will continue to be a hard one. It'll feel hard. It'll look hard. The universe will have to project hardness because we've accepted hardness as opposed to just surrendering and letting Mama Ea just nestle you in her bosom. Just love you, you know, and, and as Otan said, and cry and release and, and, and get out the toxins and then, and then let, let Baba, you know, build you up and teach you some discipline and, and teach you some martial arts, you know, and, and teach you how to defend yourself. And so we think about defending ourselves as I ain't no punk, I can't get beat in the street. No, defending yourself start right here, right here. I know 10 blocks before I make a New York street where the problem is. I know 10 blocks before I make a Chicago street where the problem is. It's, it's not always about fisticuffs. It's not always about having a weapon. <laughs> you know, it start right here. Am I wrong, cousin? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it, the start here first. And if you can't even defend yourself against what you're eating and what you're taking in and the type of energy you're projecting, yeah, you're operating in toxic masculinity. If I had a teacher by the name of Dr. Moses Powell, and one of the most famous things he said was get off first. And a lot of people might not understand all the, all the, the understanding of get off first. But get off first means your, your, your knowledge, your wisdom, your understanding. The food you eat, the, the intake. We talked about intake some of the shows back. Intake, what are we taking in? All of those things are getting off first. And the ability to, to be able to get the knowledge of how to raise our children so that our children are not going through what it is that, that maybe we've gone through. How do we raise the, the, our, our kids to not have to deal with what we've had to deal with? Could it mean that maybe we got to move to a, a different environment? Yeah. Does it mean that maybe we have to change the diet? Yes. Maybe it means that we have to change our particular spiritual perspective, possibly. What are the areas of transformation that we have to make in order to raise our children and to, to be better within our families? than what we were or the examples that we've seen before. Those of us that were lucky that were lucky and blessed to see an example of a father and a mother go through it, get through it and deal with it and go through and raise healthy children, we're blessed beyond measure. And but those of us who haven't, we now have to find a way to be healthy. How do we become healthy? What changes do we have to make to become healthy? Are we willing to learn? Are we willing to experience males and females that are healthy that will allow us to view aspects of their life and see what they do, how they do it, so that we can be healthy too? 
We have to look at our health, all of our health, in all facets, from a holistic, W-H-O, not just H-O, W-H-O, holistic, holistically. Okay, now I know we're running out of time, but I, I got to address this. Um, um, first of all, um, when you say God created, what God are you talking about? Uh, because when I, as soon as I hear God created, when we're talking about genders, I hear Jew, Christian, Islamic. That's what I hear. Now, the question Anthony exposed was five genders. The indigenous world acknowledged five genders. In Africa, in the Americas, in Asia. And there are still parts of Asia, India, Indonesia that still acknowledge five genders today. The idea that we're somehow this, this polarity, this, this absolute polarity is, is a Western notion. It didn't even exist in ancient Egypt, if you really understand comedic science. So there's always been a masculine woman, a feminine woman. There's always been a masculine man and a feminine man. And, and their roles in the society were very unique compared to what we are experiencing today. Healers, musicians. For instance, there's a custom in India that you always have transsexuals perform at your wedding or, or your wedding is bad luck or doomed. So why is that? There is a growth beyond what's physical. There's a growth beyond what's physical in the spirit where you transcend gender. You transcend um, breeding gender. There are those who are here to create the next generation. Everybody not here to build the next generation physically. Every woman is not here to have a baby. Hear me clearly. Every woman is not here to have a baby. And nor is every man here to produce children. And I think if we had a better understanding of that, we'd have much stronger mothers, much stronger fathers, much stronger marriages, much stronger households, and we would have less dysfunction in our society. That notion that, that we operate from these, these extreme polarities keep everybody at each other's throats, including men and women, because it leads to other Eurocentric Western notions of strength and power. That was mentioned early in the show. A woman's bosom is her strength. A woman's emotion is her strength. But we keep saying strength and power as if that's somehow a male thing in the, in the presence of all these women headed households and families. That's preposterous. So yes, in the indigenous world, there were five genders. Five genders were recognized. Now, now don't make me come up with another show. You know how I did yesterday, okay? And I, and I showed you some hominids all over the world that looked very black, that looked very African. One was even called Africanist. None of them was from the continent. So I can do the same thing culturally, ethnically, around the world from an indigenous perspective where they transcended this, this absolute male-female thing. You had women warriors. You had women leaders. You had women kings who operated as such. So, yeah, five genders. Five genders. Um, I'm going to end. Thank you all so much. You know we'll be back Friday. I appreciate you. I didn't get a chance to scroll every comment, though I tried to uh, in the chat. But I appreciate you. I love you. I support you. I'm here for you. 
Uh, I'm going to give my uh, cousins, both of them, the opportunity to close, and then I'll look forward to meeting you again at high noon, U.S. Central Standard Time. Go ahead, Okay. Um, I just wanted to uh, today was today was definitely powerful. Um, I want to encourage all of uh, my fellow patients and friends out there. Um, this is something that definitely needs to continue. This work needs to continue um, on both ends. It's, it's never about uh, women serving men or vice versa. We need to understand that we are supposed to complement each other. It's yin and yang. It's not one to be subordinate to the other. Um, we need to learn how to communicate and, and, and build our relationships on what works for our people, not what books say, not what other people say, not what TV say. We need to work on rebuilding ourselves together without outside influence. That's the only way it's going to get done. It's going to take a long time, a very long time, because the damage took a long time. So I just want to send love and light to everyone. It has been a blessing. Uh, blessings to everyone. Thank you as always for having me. I love you all. Peace, love, and life. I'll say. Well, we say thank you and, and blessings to each and every one of you. I hope that you all will look in a little bit deeper into the energy of the lot and to understand that transformation and change can be a very good thing in our life, even when we go through the difficult moments that those moments don't last forever. If we allow ourselves to stand still, the you know, old elders and ancestors used to say, when things were going very, very difficult in our life, they would say all the time, be still. And, you know, you, you even hear the old song, peace be still. So I leave you at that, peace be still. Allow yourself to go through the changes and challenges in peace. And be still, and then you will see things illuminate as to the reasons why these changes are happening. Allow yourself to faith that things will turn out to be the way they're supposed to be in the future. And I'll add, <laughs> peace be still, remembering that all is truly and indeed a blessing if you can see beyond the veil. Until next time, Odabo. That was a great show. Excellent. Hopefully, people will be blessed by it. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff being shared. So. A lot. Um, it opened up, obviously, the doorway to other shows uh, in the future. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Um, but, I'm Absolutely. Planning, but I'm planning on Queen being here Friday, right? Yeah, Queen's going to be on Friday. What do you need me to send to you? I just need to know um, her preferred show topic, subject matter, um, and just prepare her uh, to lead the show. I, I don't want to always be put in a position to have to talk a lot when I have. Okay, to she's only gonna she's only gonna be able to be on for an hour, okay. so I'll help, I'll kind of leave the rest. And it's alternative medicine. Okay, just write, alternative healing. Write that in the messenger for me. Okay. 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 Yeah, right. yeah. And, and so she'll be set. Um, tell, I'll see uh, if she's coming at twelve or one or whatever. I'll get all that information and have it for you later on today. Okay, I appreciate it. I appreciate all it. Right. Thank you kindly. All right, talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, thank you, Light Witch 218 and many others. I certainly do appreciate your listenership, your support, your attendance. 
All is a blessing. Oh, <laughs> 